0: Metroid Dread was a game that no one expected this year. Sure, it isn't the Metroid Prime 4 that most were anticipating, but I don't think anybody expected to see a new 2D Metroid title hit the markets alongside the new OLED Nintendo Switch. But it did, and here we are. Now, Metroid has never exactly been like known for its narrative, but the metagame that it tells in almost every iteration are helpful for our walks as Christians. How might we better equip ourselves for loving others like Samus equips herself for besting baddies let's talk about it folks welcome to checkpoint church where nerds geeks and gamers come together to talk about faith games and how could i possibly know that that wall was breakable oh yeah I'm your Nerd Pastor Nate, and if you like these weekly deep dives, be sure to sub and hit that bell to find out when our next one drops. As always, we're going to be starting with our scripture. Our scripture for today comes from the epistle of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. I'm going to be reading from the NRSV. That's my preferred translation. It's what's going to be on the screen. If you have a translation that you prefer, feel free to use that one instead. The gifts Jesus gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. First off, what is Metroid? Well, Metroid is a game series from Nintendo that follows bounty hunter Samus Aran, who hops from one journey to the next, defending the galaxy from giant kaiju, space pirates, contagions, and mean crowboys. The titular Metroid is an alien creature that looks a bit like a jellyfish in their larval form and is parasitic in nature. They're fairly iconic and terrifying, especially if you don't know how to take down these creatures, then the panic kind of ensues pretty quickly there. Now, there are two real lines in the Metroid universe. We have the games that are either the traditional 2D side scroller or the 3D action adventure entries. But then there was this third offshoot for the Game Boy Advance known as Metroid Fusion. This featured Samus getting infested by these creatures known as X. And that series was officially revived in this entry of Metroid Dread, which continues with that story of Samus. However, to be honest, you've really. Pretty much already heard all the lore already. Metroid is not really known for its deep, groundbreaking narrative, but it is known for its groundbreaking ludology, which is the study of play. So well known, in fact, that Metroid, along with the similarly influential Castlevania, has spawned a subgenre called Metroidvania. Now, the hallmarks of this subgenre of Metroidvania is what I find the most compelling about these games. In these games, the player will control a character in 2D and explore the world to the best of their ability, finding items along the way that will eventually allow the player to unlock new areas with new items as they attain them. The player will, piece by piece, learn their arsenal as they attain the pieces now this means that there is generally no like real tutorial or steep climb and mastering a character like in street fighter or something like that but every player instead gets to learn the move set piecemeal allowing for a real sense of mastery by the end of the game hilariously this normally requires that samus lose her entire arsenal for reasons at the start of every game dread is probably the first metroidvania that i've personally rolled credits on from either of those two mainline games and i have to say that i totally felt like i could Conquer the world after getting all the equipables and taking on that final boss. Was it difficult? Yeah, I wanted to snap my switch in twain at some parts, but once all was said and done, I felt like doing that 80s pose you know, where you like walk away and pump your fist in the air and freeze frame. It's just that good, just feels good. So what on earth could this possibly have to do with scripture? Well, believe it or not, I think we could actually talk about the Metroidvania methodology in the church outside of the nerd church world a bit more. See, in the church world itself, we really like to talk about these things called spiritual gifts. These are literally supernatural superpowers gifted by the Holy Spirit in our baptism and seen through scripture on days like Pentecost. And if you're into video games, anime, superheroes, like myself, then this concept itself is pretty rad, right? I mean, yes, I want superpowers from being a Christian, of course I do. Don't be absurd. However, this isn't just the reaction of the nerd. Folks in mainline churches are just as obsessive over their spiritual gifts, sometimes perhaps to our own detriment. Now I'll speak for myself rather than put this on anyone else, but I can recall being a newer Christian and trying to take every spiritual gifts inventory I could find, which spiritual gifts inventory, by the way, is kind of like the BuzzFeed quizzes of the church world. It's that cringy. And whenever I would take these quizzes, I would try and get the cooler spiritual gifts. Um, excuse me, teacher, it says here that I can walk on water. Is that a rare result? It wasn't until I grew up a bit and started to take those things seriously that I got an accurate reading on one of those and learned that I am actually gifted in leadership, encouragement, and teaching, which like, hey, look, nerd pastor, church planner, it me. But before I was mature enough to think about things in that way, I wasn't necessarily honest. I was more obsessed with the gift that I wanted than the gift I'd been given. If we think about our spiritual gifts and our call to serving one another like that, then we are only going to end up burning ourselves out or letting ourselves down in the end. And that's why our scripture for today is so important. This passage is from Paul's epistles or letters written to the church that he started in Ephesus. In this letter, Paul is explaining the process of leadership in the church. So, of course, we start with Jesus at the top of things. But after Jesus ascended, Paul explains, Jesus called some among the crowd to be leaders in the community. He says, some are teachers, apostles, evangelists, pastors. These are the people who are specifically gifted for the purpose of this thing called equipping. And equipping is a word that sounds pretty familiar to us nerds, right? I mean, Metroid, come on, you're constantly adding new equipment. So What is the process of equipping when it comes to the church? According to Paul, this thing we call equipping first requires that we get rid of our childish fear and ground ourselves in Jesus. Now we call this faith. First and foremost, we must believe, right? Doubts are okay, but fears, not so much. Then once we find that foundation, we're to speak the truth in love, sharing the good news of the gospel, loving God and loving others into a relationship with Jesus Christ. As we do that, we're to grow into the shape of Christ, living the life that Christ did together. And that's like a really important part. It has to be together. And then together we build up the body. Now, in the Methodist church, we like to see this as being the path of grace. Jesus came to us first and offered grace before anything else. Jesus is offering us grace before we ever even know that we need it. And this is called prevenient grace. After prevenient grace, we must accept Jesus as our savior and affirm our foundation in this thing called faith. And this is called justifying grace. And in the Methodist Church, we believe this happens when we are baptized. Third, after our baptism, we live lives of growth and equipping, learning all that we can, loving all that we can, sharing all that we can. And this is called sanctifying grace. It involves the work of growing deeper into a relationship with the body of Christ that we call the church. And then finally, Wesleyans in particular believe in this thing called perfecting grace grace, which may or may not be achievable on this side of heaven, where we grow to look more and more like Christ in every word and deed. Now, what is actually important about this scripture and this whole idea of grace? Well, the first thing is to keep in mind that this is a process. It's not a single day of work. That was the problem with my spiritual gift superpower search. I knew what I wanted, but I wasn't interested in taking the time needed to explore what God was doing within me during the process of loving God and loving others better. Some of us may be in different places at different times. Some of us may still be unsure and just waiting the waters of prevenient grace while others of us may have accepted Jesus but are still discovering what that really means to them. To make it kitschy and pretty easy to remember, right? It's not about the destination, it's about the journey. If Samus had all of her moves at the beginning of the game, she'd be pretty powerful, but we as players would likely have no idea how to actually use her to the best of her abilities. But by allowing the game to be a journey where we slowly but surely press onward, we are better equipped by the end of it. Another key thing we can learn from this is that the spiritual gifts are already prepared for us. Now, I'm not suggesting predestination here. I mean that Jesus has already called you into this thing and has created leaders from the beginning to help you discover what gifts you have that might be right for you. I mean that Jesus has already called you into this thing and has created leaders from the beginning to help you discover what gifts you have that might be right for you. You're not an island, you're not alone. We're in this thing called community. Again, Like Samus, as the exploration happens, the skills are sitting there already waiting for her in the hallowed hands of the Chozo statue. You just need to go and grab it and equip it. And it takes the journey to find those things to equip. So what does this actually mean for us today? What can we actually take with us and apply for our everyday lives? Well, it kind of depends. Where are you on the journey? Maybe you're not quite there yet. Maybe you're you're curious about this thing called church and this fellow named Jesus, but you're still a little hesitant. And that's okay. We are here at Checkpoint to keep bringing these nerdy sermons every week and creating a welcoming community on our Discord to help you figure those questions out. I'm always available to schedule a chat and talk about these things and ask these tough questions. Maybe you're still waiting to even buy the new metroid game right in the metaphor that we're creating here and that is a fine place to be or perhaps you're already playing the game you consider yourself a christian you believe in jesus but you're just not sure what's next or how to be equipped you're still looking for those teachers pastors apostles and evangelists if that's the case then we have a great place to start exploring those options called level two here at checkpoint you can join alongside other people who want to serve others in love and are figuring these things out piece by piece And maybe we'll even develop like a nerdy spiritual gifts inventory to help guide us through that process. Hmm, I don't know. Dog ear that idea for the future. Maybe. Maybe it's a possibility. Even further still, maybe you're a teacher, preacher, leader who is ready to figure out how to guide others in this path. Well, level two is perfect for you as well. There is plenty of equipping to be done and we need all the help that we can get. So regardless of where you might find yourself, hear the good news that Jesus is already for you no matter what, no matter where. Jesus is already on your side rooting for you, whether you're on the final boss, still in world one, or haven't even bought the game yet. And Checkpoint Church is on your side too. We want to join right there with you and do this thing called life together. So whether you're a bounty hunter, a space pirate, or Kraid himself, know that you're always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. But if you are Kraid for whatever reason, please cover any and all of your belly buttons. Oh, wait. Is this what Jesus meant when he said I need to remove the plank from my own eye before I tell someone about the speck projectiling itself out of another's stomach wound? Whatever, it's gross, okay? Thanks for listening to our weekly Nerdy Deep Dive into the world of nerds, geeks, and gamers. We hope you enjoyed the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to experience this video in its intended full viewing, Feel free to find us over on YouTube at Checkpoint Church and watch it there. If you're interested in supporting what we're doing, feel free to go to www.checkpointchurch.com support for information on how to donate or support us financially or otherwise. Or you can go through the Anchor app and support us there as well. This program is created, produced, and edited by Nathan Webb and distributed by Anchor. Find us on twitch.tv slash checkpointchurch, where we'll be streaming on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Thanks again for listening to our show. And remember, God loves you. We love you you matter. Be boldly blessed and we will catch you next time.